Hey, Hoopheads. Once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. And welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Now, before we begin, uh, I would like to apologize on behalf of Kenneth and I that we didn't have an episode up for you guys, our listeners, our grace, grateful list, graceful listeners, that we didn't have an episode for you guys last weekend. But we'll try to, do, we'll try our best to have an episode for you guys ready next weekend. So we'll cover up some stuff that couldn't be covered in a in the episode that was supposed to come out. And we'll preview the week. So you get a you get a pretty long episode for you guys. So be let's get it. Kenneth, before we begin, you know we can't I would be remiss if we skip tradition. So how you doing man? I'm good man. I can't complain. Just glad to be here to talk some Miami Heat ball man. Always yeah, I'm always happy to talk heat ball with you as well. So anyway, let's begin with the win over the Milwaukee Bucks last Wednesday on December 8th. It was. Yeah, my, yeah, it was December 8th. So the Miami Heat defeated the Milwaukee Bucks 103-94. to And the Caleb Martin game. God, that was just so. What do you um, have? One, I'll, one, I'll let one. you have the floor. 113 to 104, by the way. Oh, yeah, 113 to 104. Excuse me. I, I, my brain is just... It's all good. It happens. <laughs> um, I mean, when you look at that game, man, the thing that pops out to me from, I mean, just a total perspective outside of just Caleb Martin's individual performance is the team's three-point shooting, 22 for 47, 46.8% from three that night. Um, you know, won the rebounding battle, one assist battle. Um, basically, Plus 10 difference on the three-pointers, which... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I mean, basically, man, they were just... They, they were just a better team. And not only did they make 10 more, this is almost as important. They shot almost 10 more, which for the Miami Heat, it's, a, it's, it's saying something because oftentimes not being able to get a good look is an issue for us. And especially when you think about the fact that you don't have Jimmy Butler in the lineup, you don't have Bam Adebayo in the lineup, the fact that you can get off that many quality shots, which of course leads to you shooting 22-47 from three, 40 of 77 from the field, um, you know, it's a pretty good night. But then when you talk about the individual performances, as you mentioned, Kayla Martin, 28 points, eight rebounds, three dimes. Even if you look at Cal Laurie in that game, 22 points, 13 assists, two rebounds. Um it was just a good night. And, of course, you cannot go without mentioning Struess Newcomb. I mean, he, oh, went, yeah. nu- he went nuclear Big in that Max. Game. Yeah, Big Max, absolutely. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for that little personal 11, I mean, I think it was 12-12 by the time it was over and done with, but Max pretty much matched the intensity of the Bucks in their entirety for the first six or so minutes of the fourth quarter, which allowed the Miami Heat to maintain that gap and basically help them sail to the win. 
it wasn't i think there was a quote post game forgive me if i'm if i'm wrong here but i know what the game you're going to the max quote that spall basically said get them up tonight and i feel like that might be the best way to win for this team when within in the absence of with the absence of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo just get them up i mean play the math sometimes they won't fall and you'll lose sometimes then they'll just fall at a 50% clip and you'll probably win obviously it's not as simple as that that's a incredible simplification of events an incredible simplification of basketball as a sport but that's one key aspect that could really swing games in our favor and survive this spell without Bam or Jimmy and without Markeith of course we need to mention him as well absolutely um, who hasn't played in what about 16 month, games now maybe 17 games it's 17 games and yeah. like more than a month right Absolutely. Uh, I think it was um, – so it was three weeks ago from the last Denver game, which was two weeks ago. So that's about five weeks. Yeah. So he's already missed I, a week and a, and a, a month and a week. And it was brought to my attention um, that – well, not brought to my attention. I think I saw it somewhere randomly on Twitter. Of course, Twitter with the random facts and information. This isn't his first neck injury in his career. Oh, really? Um, let me, let me, I, I, I don't, let me, I want to, let me, you know what? I want to confirm that, but I, I mean that, I think I do remember that. Um, and that would be significant. Let me see. <clears throat> so. Wow. That would, because then that would, that actually spells trouble. Back in, yeah. Back in December of 2019. Oh, Okay. So, no, actually, this would be his third neck injury. So, in March of 2019, he had a neck injury. Um, and he didn't play again until October of the following year, um, which would be the, you know, he, he didn't play the rest of that season, and then he came back in the following season. And then he also had a neck injury later, oh, soon after, so he had that first neck injury in the previous season, March. It says March 11th, right? So then, you know, you go your off season, whatever, whatever, and he comes back, it looks like, on December 6th of 2019. Um, well, he came back at the beginning of that season, but then December 6th of that following season, he injured his neck again. And now we're here. And now we're here. I mean, it's just like the man has a series of neck injuries. Yeah, for this one, there's um, a real culprit behind it. A, a negative, like, hello, Debbie Downer, but a negative aspect of the Bucks win was the turnovers. Like, it was jarring to see them just turn the ball over. But again, I think it spoke to the to the theme that just get shots off. Of course, you don't want to be careless as they were because. The turnovers were essentially what were keeping the Bucks in the game at, at certain points. Because the Heat, they were just performing on on offense in a much superior manner to the Bucks, And they allowed him to hang around. But best player in the world, Caleb Martin, took over. And, and you know, 
took us home. Oh, okay. What do you, fe- so, what do you feel I'm, about how do you feel I'm about Caleb, Caleb Martin becoming the best player in the world? Um, first of all, don't get ahead of yourself. We're going to get there, but I had to dig deeper into this. <laughs> this is a report from three years ago. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Marquise Morris, who was recently traded to New Orleans, will likely seek opinion, seek second opinion on his neck injury. In early January, he was diagnosed with a transient cervical neuropraxia and ruled out six weeks. So he missed six weeks with a neck injury that required seeing a specialist back in uh, January of 2019, I think. That's interesting. Anyway, let's continue with with the heat. Hope Markeith is out there soon. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just saying, man, it's, it's just, no, it's, it's, it's part of the depth issue. It's more serious than we all thought about. And now with him being out, as we mentioned, 17 games, it's forcing guys like Caleb Martin to have to go supernatural and be phantasmic and be things that we didn't know they could be. Um, although I will say that I was the guy that said Caleb Martin was the type of guy to come on and do something big for you when you need the most. He was the spark plug type guy. Nobody could have saw this, though. So I won't say that I saw this because nobody could have saw this. But what I will say about him, and it's something that you've especially seen over the course of the past couple of games we've been down, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin has not been hesitant about taking his shot since he arrived in Miami, which is why he has found the floor over other guys, which we're also going to get to because, of course, unlike I'm going to rub. I like some guy. Up. Shut up. I'm still going to rub your face in it because when he's been on the floor for us over the course of the last couple of games, he's been the absolute best defender. And it still burns my ass that people can't do anything besides say negative things about the guy who's the best <laughs> defender and better than your yurt guy in his minutes. But anyway. I, um, hey, I've never I've never claimed yurt as my guy. I know. And I I've know. never just, I never said, I okay, called, let's get I out of the way. I've never yurt guard because everybody I'm, else I'm, is so far on his nuts that I have to use somebody's opposition for our purposes. But go ahead. I've never... Listen, sure, I I've, I don't have such a high level of praise for KZ's defense as you do, but I still right. admire the effort. My main issue with him is that on offense, he is nothing. I disagree with that, too. Really? So why... Because if, if you look at the last several games, he's so been were the, just as... I, uh, he's been, go ahead. I did not watch the game. I did watch some clips, right. but there was some uh, recurring theme in those clips. Why were Cle- why was Cleveland just absolutely not guarding Casey Akpala? Well, because he has to do the same thing that every other player has to do. Like Omar Yotsevin is getting the opportunity to do take those shots with confidence. But I mean, every time he gets and this is what's happened with him, and this is what really kills me with him. Outside of fact, and again, I don't cape for the guy like as in every episode I'm not okay the KZ Akpala minute no I mean but my thing about it is see you went here early let's go ahead and get it out the way so when I bring him up all throughout the rest of the show we've already had this part of the conversation thank you JJ um you're welcome I'm always here to help absolutely set me up like a game of t-ball okay what it is is for me as soon as he touches the floor you have people loading up their comments, whether that be in real life, whether that be on Twitter, whatever, whatever, loading up their comments about the first time he trips over his own shoelace or the first time he, you know, takes a wrong step on a screen set. Something that every other guy on the floor does when, one, they don't compete as hard as he do, they don't do as much as he do, and they aren't as inexperienced as he is. Every time he gets a minute on the court, which is rarely because he's getting – 
not the same opportunity as everybody else for some reason. And, and, and perhaps it's because all of the jazz we heard in practice. But, I mean, I, I don't get that either because, you know, the real games is where everything works. But, um, I mean, given the opportunity to develop that confidence, which I think in the last couple of games, as he's gotten consistent tick, you've seen that confidence go up. Do you still want him to get better? Absolutely. But you're asking every player to get better. I mean, right now, if you look at it, yes. What Max does on the offensive end is something that we need more. But you can make a case that more often than not, KZ is more valuable in his minutes than Max has been in his minutes. Now, what offset, now hear me out. What offsets that is when Max comes out and does something like he does in the Bucks game, where he goes nuclear and is the reason we hold still. You look at that and like, yo, that's 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 what sell tickets. So that's that offensive stuff and that shot making. But that's coming to you from Max, and especially something that's really bothered me while Jimmy and Bam has been out, because you know I'm high as hell on Max too. So while Jimmy and Bam has been oh, out, yeah. that know. stuff, right, that stuff from Max hasn't come consistent enough. But what has come consistent enough is KZ's effort, KZ's defense, which I'm going to tell you about, which I don't understand how people are questioning because they're not watching the same thing I am, obviously. And then, you know what I mean, KZ's ability to do – more than five things on the court. Not only is he guarding every damn body, one, two, three, four, five, but he's also hitting the boards. He's also moving the rock. He's also making plays for other people. Yeah, he's taking his corner three-pointer, and you want him to hit it with more efficiency, but he isn't to the point where he's missing everyone now. Like, you know, he's had a couple I, I, of good hits. Let, let me let me cut you off there. You talked a lot. Let me let me say something. Go ahead. Say on the, on the, on the three-point thing, listen – I don't mind that they don't fall because that's just basketball. Listen, that, that's, that's just basketball. basketball. They won't fall anytime, every time. However, what does bother me is that when he's about to shoot, it looks like he thinks about it with every fiber of his, of his brain. I'll give you Should, that. He is like he, it's like there's a buffering screen on him. And then he decides to shoot or pass it up or it's too late. Prior, I'll give you that prior to these last three games. Because these last three games, when he's supposed to shoot the open shot, he shot it. There was one situation last night where he didn't think he was going to get it because the guy that kicked it out to him should have actually took the shot. So when he caught the rock, he then fumbled and had to take a dribble, which allowed Jared Allen to get out and get a hand on the shot. So, but in the last couple of games, and this is what I'm saying, JJ, we allow everybody else the opportunity to get in games to develop this stuff and to shake the rust off this stuff. But the moment he gets in the game, we expect him to be fluid. Well, not only that, when he has had several games of consistent run, he's consistently shown improvement. That's my whole point. You have to give that man the same right that you give everybody else. And this is the point that I want to make. Everybody's tripping over themselves to try to get yurt in game. And then when you mention KZ, who's not only been better, they say, well, KZ's been in the league two or three years already. Well, here's a fact. Omar Yurtsevin is older than KZ Akpala. So we're blaming KZ Akpala because he was talented enough to actually get drafted into the league before Yurtsevin did? Give that man a damn opportunity because as we have, he's shown to be of value. And when I speak of the defense, look at the individual games. In three games, I can name specifically against the Bucks, against the Cavaliers on both occasions because he even got limited burn towards the end of the first Cavaliers game. And then if you look at the Bulls game, 
He's put Zach Levine, Giannis, and Garland, oh, and Vucevic on individual occasions in ISO torture chambers. They couldn't wait to give the ball up. That's the type of stuff that KZ Akpala can do. Oh. That's your KC content fix for the week. We won't meet. We won't be discussing KC Akpala until further notice. Hey, brother, you asked for it, so I gave it to you. <laughs> okay. Final thoughts on the Bucks game before we move um, on. I mean, that was pretty much it, man. When you look at it, um, and in order to get that done without the pieces that we didn't have and for the guys that we did have to step up like they did, it just makes you excited. But, I mean, then moving on to the next game, I guess that's the theme, not having pieces, because then you're talking about uh, Chicago Bulls contest that um, saw them having to play us without DeMar DeRozan. And of course, a game that like, some argue shouldn't have been played. Ah, screw that noise, man. Get your vaccines and take your shots. And I got a point on that, too. Um, when we were going through the shits last season, nobody had sympathy for us. Nobody was screaming postpone games. Nobody was screaming cancel it. Deal with it. Do your 10 days and come back. If you think they're going to cause an outbreak, don't allow them in the building. I mean, it's plain and simple. Sign you some two-way guys, bring in some 10-day contracts, get some hardship waivers, and make it happen. Nobody has sympathy for us, but all of a sudden, everybody has sympathy for everybody. Play the damn games. You want us to have sympathy for you because it's the one year in the last seven years where you've been in contention? I know what I'm saying, and somebody had to say it. So all of a sudden, Chicago Bulls fans think they deserve postponement because this is the first year since the Derrick Rose era where they had a chance to do something, huh? Damn. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 I mean, is it not true, my brother? Oh, <laughs> I have no comment. I plead the fifth. Oh, you ain't got no comment now. Anyway, long story short. <laughs> so when you look deeper into that Bulls game, hey, look, man, I'm on one because it, it really pisses me off. It really pisses me off, JD, and I'm sure you. I'm gonna rebrand. I'm. I know. Already know the name of the episode. The Kenneth, the Kenneth pissed. The pissed off Kenneth hour. Yeah. The, the, so. well, what, well, let's let's call it that. Exactly. So look. Speaking of being pissed off, one eighteen and ninety two. Okay. How you feel about that? I feel like watching the final score. Unfortunately, I was well. Fortunately for my wallet, but yeah, unfortunately for. For my Heat fandom, I was working that night, so I couldn't couldn't watch the game. Right, and that's a whole other story. Which is why that. I know, which is why I asked you about the final score, <laughs> not the game. But you, of course, had to tell, I, you of I course had to tell everybody your backstory and blow our cover. We could have acted like you watched the game, JJ. Jeez, I like to be honest with the people. Absolutely, absolutely. So, one eighteen to ninety two. I think I would just feel proud of the effort given by the scene because I know how hard it was although really weird to see a team that still features Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine although Vucevic turned from Heat Slayer to what is he now um it's a he's he's a he's a he's a round peg in a square hole right so I mean that's that's all I can say because I don't want to disrespect Vuce because I still believe, I put it to you like this. Bring his ass oh, to Miami. We bring know him, better than bring his, we know better bring his than ass anybody back to Florida. He, <laughs> yeah, bring his ass back to Florida. He'll he'll be better on defense than Yurtsevin is, but I tell you what, he'll give you twenty and ten if he was wearing red and black. Oh. The right this red and black, not that red and black. Okay. I don't know about that. Uh, he would. <laughs> he would. 
I'm 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 not saying that we should move the world for him. I'm just saying like the Bulls is a bad fit. And an example of that, if he played beside Bam Adebayo, he still give you twenty and ten. Let's not get into all that. I mean, we no, we're not getting into semantics. I'm just expressing that it's a bad fit. That's all. No, no, you might be right, but I I won't comment on it because I haven't watched enough Bulls games and I'm not paying as much attention as I do with the heat. With the heat, I can give any opinion I want because I feel it will be an informed one. Oh, absolutely. I'll put it to you like this. The same areas that Vucevic needs to be his best self, and you've heard me say this about other guys and I made it make sense because it makes sense. The same areas that Vuce needs to be his best self, they they interlap too much with the same areas that DeMar DeRozan's need to be his best self. And who are you going to choose maximizing, DeMar DeRozan or Vucevic? Well, DeMar DeRozan. There you course. go. He's an MVP candidate. That's who you're going to prioritize. So that's taken away some of Vucevic's primetime operating space and, you know, kind of like, for lack of better terms, uh, crossing the wires of his operating system as a ball player because he needs a lot of those areas. Because you got to mention, you got to realize, not, not only is Vuce, you know, a beast rebounder when he's right, um, get some stuff done at the rim, can hit the three-point shot, but he also hits you with that little awkward midi floater where he kind of like flick it over the top and hit you with that hook shot and all of that shit is in the middle of the paint. Well, guess who else is in the middle of the paint with the Bulls? Yeah. The, the there you go. Rosen. There you go. But and back to the Levine, final score. Even, even Levine to an extent. Well, right. But Levine is taking a step back if you look at it from a macro perspective. And not that he's still not capable because you saw that on display versus us. Um, where he just absolutely went off in that little stretch, 7-11 from three overall, 11-20 from the field for 23 points, seven rebounds and four assists. He's still capable of absolutely getting it done when he wants to, but he's taking a step back for the team's success, which I think is better for the team because it's allowing DeMar to be the guy they play through, which is better for all of them because they can then float around that three-point line and do their thing, knock down the shot or drive by their guy. But, um, again, as far as Booch goes, it's simply because him and DeMar, they're like a Venn diagram as far as where they can be their best selves. But back to the final score. Your thoughts. Okay. I was just talking about it. I'll, I'll just say, say it here. I'm just basing my opinion off, strictly off numbers. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately cannot watch the game. Oh, the but... 2021 NBA fan, huh? <laughs> anyway. Oh, my bad. Did I say that? My bad. I didn't mean to say that out loud. It's all right. Uh, again, the three pointers were huge. 19, 19 three pointers. Man, I, I listen. I just that I Duncan Robinson. <laughs> he has bounced back. By the way, Kenneth, did you check how? Did you check the number, the percentage that he's shooting from three in this last few games ever since the streak broke? Oh, you know, I know. But keep talking. No, say it. Is your is your fav, two favorite numbers? Forty on eight. Yes, he's back, and I don't think people are giving him enough props. Dwayne Detman apparently was awesome that game. Give give us give me some thoughts on on Dwayne Detman. When you look at Dwayne Detman in that particular game, man, you're speaking about a guy who was not only locked in from a perspective of being the best big man in the room, but from a perspective of knowing that he had to do more. 
in that game. And I say that because not only did he give you the 20 points, the 12 rebounds, the two assists, but he was 8 of 13 from the field and 2 of 2 from deep. The boy was dialed in. The mechanic dropped the motor on him. I know you saw the highlight play where he caught the lob from the odd side of the rope. Um, I mean, it was just what you need Dwayne Demon to be when he can be that. And when there's a matchup that's favorable, you know, he's shown you that he can take advantage of that. Now, he's never going to lose. He might play it even or he might not win. Like I'll say in the Cleveland matchup, he didn't win, but he played his matchup even. Um, got in a little foul trouble early on in that game, not to get ahead of ourselves, but just to kind of give you some perspective there. But when you're dealing with a guy like Vooch, who's defensively challenged, and Dwayne Dedman, who does have more wiggle in offensive game than a lot of people is giving him credit for. Something that I notated before he came in this season when I said he needed to get signed, you got to give me that because I told you the boy got a little more offensive game than people thought he had. Um, he's shown you that, and he showed you that, um, you know, from a full display perspective against the Chicago Bulls. Um, you mentioned Duncan. Duncan went off. Um, he only had, like, I think, I think six points Um on Monday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we still need to get that every game consistency back, and especially when we're down some guys. But from a grander perspective, I will agree with you. He's closer to being back than he is to still being that major funk that he was. Because in the Bulls game, 5 of 9 from 3, 9 of 13 from the field, getting friggity. I mean, off dribble, off bounce, getting to the cup, making plays, doing everything. Um 26 points, still only one rebound, one assist. You'd like him to produce a little bit more everywhere overall. But when you look at the scoring and shooting, that's what you need from Duncan more than anything. So you love that, man. Um, And I have to step back into the KZ closet for a second, man. You look at that game, 28 minutes. Make it quick. 10 points, (laughs) four rebounds, two of five from three, four of 10 from the field. It's not awesome. But it's what you want a role player to do, right? Okay. Let's let's be clear. I think sometimes sometimes people on the timeline, Heat fans, they I think I think they think that K that Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson are things that happen frequently with undrafted players or second round players and that every undrafted player or second round player that we get will turn into into that into what Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson were and I that is not the case those two those two are a rarity you know what I'm saying that's a rarity to just find two dudes like in the in the mud like I don't want to disrespect them but yeah you know they were just there and the Heat snatched them up, and one of them became one of the best shooters on the planet, and the other became a really solid scorer whose probably ideal role is off the bench as a scoring guard. But yeah, people, sometimes they think that KC should be this world beater, and I think that if he becomes if he becomes a defensive specialist, I think I will be pretty happy with hit, him hitting the occasional three or having a dunk or two. But I think people, like, they were expecting him to become this sort of... And, you know, this is also the fault that the media is at play here. The local Miami media, like, hyping him up in practice and all. But if he turns out to be 
like I said, a defensive specialist or just a an above average to really to good defender. I think that's a success, and I think I think most people will take it, right? That's the Unless, most. You know, I'm, no, 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 no. That's the most. That's the most sane opinion I think I've ever heard you have on the topic, and that's all I asked for. All I asked was logic, but the illogical irrationality is really what bothers me. Like, what are we expecting? But you're also, even when you talk about Duncan and Kendrick Nunn, you're also talking about guys who are three, four, five, six years older than KZ is. KZ's only 22, man. He's been in the league for a long time, but he's only 22. Those guys were 24, and 25, and 6. Even if you look at Max Struess, he's a little older than um, KZ is. I mean, like I said, Omer Yurtsevin is older than KZ is. And we still didn't give KZ the opportunity. And I don't mind any of that. I'm not caping for that. But what I don't like is the fact that people shit on him irrationally just for no reason for things that everybody else does when he doesn't get the time to develop. And that just don't make sense to me. And not from a perspective of him but from the perspective of it poisons the fan base to now you have those expectations that you mentioned, or you think that you could loose cannon everybody when you don't know what the hell you're looking at. At least if you're going to have an opinion, be informed. Because when you make points about KZ, I agree. If you make logical basketball points or things we can see, but when the rationalities come in, like I said, the man take a false step. Uh, He's supposed to move right, but the defender moves one way, so he takes a step left. And the guy gets past him like they do every other ball player in the league. All of a sudden, you see a flurry of KZ trash. I'm like, shut up. You're stupid. That's irrational. Stop poisoning the fan base. You know, that bothers me because it makes it hard to have a conversation. And that's all I'll say about it. Yeah. Um, fans tend to be irrational. Fan is sure for fanatic. Agree. I agree with you. But I guess that's where the, blur- the lines get blurred, man. Because, yeah. We're fans, but we also have to try to maintain some sort of professional aspect to it all, uh, being fair with the analysis or saying what we see. So we're fans, but up to a point, like, we can't be irrational. Not if we want people to respect what we do. You feel what I'm saying? No, and I understand you completely, and I agree with you. So... Let's 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 tables the KC talk, man. We this this is turning to you, you look, man. You kept going off on it, but the thing we're doing, see, is we're framing it inside of things. And again, the Bulls game was a demolishing. They didn't have Demar Derozan. Either way, I still think we would have punished them because we own the Bulls, and the Bulls ain't like that. I said it. No, okay, I'm just playing. They are like that. I don't want to <laughs> see them in the playoffs healthy. Um, and especially when you consider the fact that we've beat them twice like we have, um, they'll have something a little extra special for us that they see us. But we just dominated that game. Now, what a lot of people were concerned with coming out of that game, and especially heading into Monday's contest against the Cavaliers, were the fact that the Bulls also had Zach Levine into protocols the morning following that game. Um, had a lot of people wondering whether the Miami Heat would be able to sustain their health, how many players would they have going to protocols? Because they had Kayla Martin go into protocols before that game, in between that game and the Bucks game. Um, amazingly fortunately, enough, that's what I was yeah, about to say, for, man. Go ahead. Yeah, fortunately, up until, as we know, like as of this recording, no positive tests have been recorded except for Caleb Martin, which was before the Bulls game. Right, and this is the Tuesday following the Cavs game. So we're in the clear as of now, and hopefully we can stay that way. But that leads us to the Cavs game, man. As I mentioned, 
The Cavs are a good team. They're a better team than a lot of us want to give them credit for. They're a really tough matchup, and they're a team full of athletes. And I say that in the most, like, complimentary way because not only are they a team full of athletes, but they're a team full of unique athletes. Like, they have a big guard in Garland, and I say a big guard because he's not huge, but he's not tiny, um, that can absolutely get it done off the bounce, can absolutely knock down the shot. They have another big guard who's an assist machine, a playmaker extraordinaire, even though he isn't playing at as high of level as he once did. And I think that's because of volume, because I still think if you wanted him to get you 10 points, eight rebounds, and 12 assists a night, Ricky Rubio could still do that, but they have him. And I'm just saying, not as a scorer, but still setting all those guys up because he can still absolutely make plays for people. And he's big. And then you look at who they're playing at the three, a seven-foot guy, Lloyd Markinen, who I questioned, but also thought he could play it because he's a lot more athletic at seven-foot than people give him credit for. And you didn't know what he was going to do based on his last few years in Chicago, popping up like he did, but then kind of declining as he did. And then they come at the four with the rookie Evan Mobley, who's likely going to be the rookie of the year. Not only, I mean, well, not not only, but not because he's the flat-out, at its peak best, I would say he's the best, most consistent. Like, if you look at K. Cunningham and Jalen Green, they might have individual games that pop or jump out at you more. But I would say from a consistency perspective, who's giving me top-level-ish production relative to your playing experience on an every-night basis? Who's impacting winning at a higher level more frequently? And just to be flat out in those three circumstances, who's on a winning team and playing meaningful minutes is Evan Mobley without a doubt. And then you look at Jared Allen, who's playing the best ball of his life. He's still a block machine. Shout out to Yurtsevin for going at him strong along the baseline. Um, I still respect it, and I want Yurt to keep doing that because that's the only way he's going to get better. But, you know, that's Jared Allen. He blocked shots for breakfast, um, which is what he did there. So you have to respect the athleticism and the uniqueness in that lineup. But they're a good team, man. I it's not a great matchup for us either. If it makes your feel any better, which I'm sure he's feeling fine, he's I think he's doing quite good for quite good for himself. But listen, absolutely, that, absolutely. that's the same. That's the same man that met LeBron James at the summit of a dunk and blocked him, <laughs> and Giannis oh, yeah. under the kumpo. Oh yeah, Jared Allen blocks the shot. I mean, it's that's that's the man's superpower. If he can hit that little baby hook, give you 12 to 15 points a night, he's gonna make a ton of money. Because he's going to get you 10 rebounds. Oh, he's, he's already making a ton of money. Well, I know he makes a ton of money now, but what I'm saying is he's going to get two or three more deals bigger than the one he on now. You see oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. He, like, that's all I'm saying. If He he ain't got to do no more than that, JJ. If he do what he's doing now, he's going to get two or three more deals bigger than the one he on now. More than 100 mil? Ooh. Yes. Because what you can't do is teach what he does. I will say though, like, and we'll do an, an episode with some guests in which we make our, our all star ballots, unofficial all star ballots. Like, it's not like we have a ballot, official ballot as me. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself, brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would have him on an, on the. I would select him as an all star as of today. How many centers do you think they're doing? Because traditionally they did three, but I think for the last couple of years they've only did two. It's three front court players, right? And two. I think I thought they did. Okay, so they have. Okay, hmm. I don't know. 
Like, not as a starter, of course. The start, I think the starter, sorry. Like, let's not spoil, I'm not going to spoil my picks. I mean, I'm, and we, well, let's get into that one a little bit. And the reason I say I don't know, because Giannis would be one of your big men. So, for me. No, no, no. It, I, I don't mean, I don't mean as a starter. I mean as a reserve. No, 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 no. I know. But here's the thing. You can't start Giannis and Joel and B, right? Hmm. Because if you yes, don't you start, can. yeah, yeah, you can, you can, because it's they're they're both front court players. They don't, they're just defined as front court players. Right, 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 right. Okay. So you can start both. If, of them. if you if you're gonna start both of them, I give it to you. But if you're not gonna start both of them, then I don't know if there's a spot available for another guy of him. He would be three for me though. Yeah. No, they both. I mean, Giannis and Embiid started last season together. Oh, so, they did? Okay, okay. I don't, yeah. you know, you're a history buff. I'm sorry. I don't remember yesterday what I ate for dinner. No, no. I, I literally looked it up. <laughs> don't worry. Ah, okay. <laughs> but, okay. Well, you also yeah. got to think, well, so now you're thinking, oh, wow. Look at the size in that Eastern Conference, in that Eastern Conference front court. Because, I mean, we know who it's going to be. We know the three, four, five, right? I mean, we have to know the three, four, five. I don't give a damn what you say we're stepping on right now. We know the three, four, five, right? I'm, I'm the first three guys. The front court guys are a lock, and okay, I think everybody right. knows three, those four, names. Five. Who is that? Durant, Giannis, Embiid. What the fuck, man? That's gonna be huge. Pause. <laughs> That's what she said. But chill out, brother. But like everybody's seven foot, man. Like that's that's colossal, bro. It's gonna be fun as hell. I'm sure. And then you throw Jimmy like, in there. As who, a who, two. Do you, who do you? Who do you have? You brought it up now. You said three, four, five. Who are you really sure it will be the backcourt? I know. I was wishful thinking. I just said that you throw Jimmy in there the two. Did you not hear me? I mean, are we not listening? Um, as I'm, much as I, as much as I love Jimmy, he, he won't start. Yeah, I know he won't start. I was just being wishful thinking. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Um, I'm, I'm hell. I he really, might he might not even make it if he keeps missing games. So yeah, I think he'll make it though. He's too valuable. Listen, bro. Well, he'll make it, but if he keeps missing games at this rate, I wouldn't oh, yeah, be surprised definitely. if he doesn't. Definitely, definitely, but I think he'll be back. He'll be back. Um, he might come back Wednesday, but he'll definitely be back in the game after Wednesday. I promise you. Um, look, Trey Young might be the starting point guard, and you might throw DeMar DeRozan in there as your two. Does he qualify as a guard? Because if he does, he's a lock. I think he's a guard forward, bro. He's been a two-guard, small forward all his life. No, I know, but he just mostly started as as the small forward for Chicago right. this season. But I mean, yeah, we, you know, we went off track. Semantics, we, we got a man. game to discuss. Semantics, semantics. DeMar DeRozan has traditionally been a shooting guard, small forward, so I think he'll definitely qualify. And, and, and I mean, let's just do it overall. If he's been that, that's what it'll be. You would probably agree with me, right? Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and then Joel Embiid. Yeah, I think that's okay. a lock. The West, wow. though, is much more interesting. Yeah, but they're going to suck. They're going to get their ass handed to them. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a full uh, a full episode dedicated to that Absolutely. In, the, in the near future. Absolutely. So, back to the Cavaliers game, man. As I mentioned, it's just a bad matchup. And, and here's the situation with the Cavaliers game from Monday. In the odd-numbered periods, we actually – I mean – I'm going to say it. In the odd number Is this period, a superstitious thing? No, 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 no. It, it's, <laughs> it's, this is factual. 
in the odd number periods, we actually, you know, played better than they did. 25 to 23 in the first period, and then 29 to 23 in the third period, right? Held them to 23 points in the first and the third. Um, so should we have a quarter one, quarter three, uh, quarter five, and quarter seven? Shut up, man. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> so at least the third quarter, the third quarter went out the window last night. Um, hey, the, second, the third quarter hasn't been. It hasn't been that, a thing, but I, I, but you don't want to yeah. be the guy that mentions it because then you ruin it. But mostly it's been the the what's a good pun for a bad fourth quarter. The snorth quarter? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, the snorth quarter. There we go. Yeah, I, See, man, look, I'm off the cuff. So the second and the fourth quarter, the snorth quarter for us last night where we apparently went to sleep, we only scored 19 points in the second period where they scored 30 second point, 32 points. I'm sorry. So we went into the second period with a 25-23 lead, but then we proceeded to go to halftime um, with only 44 points in our bag while they have 55 points in their bag. That's an 11 shout point to, difference. Shout out to Kevin Love, man. Get that buyout. Come on, man. Listen, get listen, down we here. Were gonna, I was going to get there. I was going to get there. Um, so, I mean, if you look at it from a team perspective, man, um, I mean, we just had two terrible quarters, and that cost us. The second quarter is what eventually cost us big because if you look at it, we were down 11 after the first half, and how many points did we ultimately lose by? 11. 11. So, if you look at the three-point shooting, that also cost us. We were 13 of 40 for 32%. They were 16 of 36 for 44%. That's, we took hey, that, 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 well, well, go on because that, that speaks to a point I made earlier in the Milwaukee game. Like Right. We have to get them up. Um, but the thing about it is, in the law of averages, and that's what allowed us to play so close, but then you go down to the following number, and that also killed us. We shot nine free throws and only made 55% of them, five of nine. They shot 18 free throws. And of that 18, guess how many they made, JJ? 17. 17 free throws. They went 94.4% from the free throw line. We went 55.6%, and they shot two times as many free throws. That's not a winning recipe. If you're not getting to the free throw line, you have to be twice as good in efficiency. And you were half as good, and they shot twice as many. And you lost by 11 points. And not to mention the fact that Kevin Love takes it upon himself to go absolutely freaking nuclear when look the like Miami Minnesota. Heat. Look like Minnesota, Kevin Love. Hey, look, brother. When the Miami Heat are on the other side of the floor, um, this man takes it upon himself to just, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. He just, he becomes a different guy. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Should do it last, for us. Wearing a Heat jersey. In the last two games, bro, in the last two games against the Miami Heat, he's going 12 of 19 from the floor, 11 of 16 from three for 55 <laughs> points, 15 boards, four dimes, and only in 45 minutes, JJ. That's not even a full game. <laughs> That's not even a whole damn game. 12 of 19 from the floor, 11 of 16 from three. The man is freaking the man is freaking Reggie Miller, Prom Ray Allen, and Steph Curry bundled into one six eight body. I, I don't know what you do with it. Yeah. Besides I mean, wait besides wait for it to get a buyout. Oh. Nah, but the gaps are too good to get a buyout. <laughs> oh hell yeah, he's a weapon for them. They 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 definitely shouldn't buy him out because he'll help them in the playoffs, which they'll definitely be in. 
Yeah. Shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to. You know what? That's a story. That's a, I'm, I'm going to write that. That's a story. Shout out to a guy that I really like the signing in the offseason. And I know you know where this is here, but let me finish. But I could not have possibly imagined this man having a border, borderline or just a flat out career season at age 36. And that's one. Shout out. That's, to, a, that's a story, too. That's a story, too. And that's one PJ Tucker, who, by the way, he played down here in Puerto Rico for a bit when he was out of the league. Well, that's, so he's where, he learned, that's, where, he, that's where he learned to be rough and tumble, man. He, you know, he, he, he started <laughs> from the bottom. Now he here like a Drake song. Yeah. 23 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. That's a... Give me the shooting numbers, a, though. Give me, give me the shooting numbers, JJ. Give me the shooting numbers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a LeBron James stat line. God. Now, now, that's, I, 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 okay. That's close to LeBron James stat line, but I don't know if LeBron could do this next one. Five of eight from three. I mean, LeBron is hitting them threes now, but with that type of efficiency? Mm, I don't know. I think... <laughs> Maybe last season, but or maybe well, he's shooting it quite a bit. From maybe he's, he's no, shooting it more in the last in the last couple of games. He is, but I'm talking about like you know five of eight. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I can't. LeBron is the arguably the greatest player ever. He's my favorite player ever, and at worst, yeah, he's arguably, won. arguably because PJ Tucker is better than him. Right, and at worst, he's one B behind PJ Tucker. I'm sorry, Michael Jordan, but um, you know, I'm Who? just being for. I'm just being. Who? <laughs> Who's that? You're so disrespectful. I'm just being facetious right now, man. But PJ had an awesome game against Cleveland. And, you know, it's strange that um, PJ Tucker has absolutely taken it, per taken it personal with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo being down because you can see his production rising through the roof. And um, it sucks that Monday was a high, you know, high-level example of that and we couldn't come, couldn't come through with the win. Um, Duncan Robinson going for six points, as I mentioned earlier, when we were talking about his 26-point performance in the Milwaukee game, um, he needed to be better against Cleveland for us. He only went for six points. He did do five rebounds and three dimes, but that wasn't what we needed from him, going one of seven from three and two of nine from the field across 32 minutes. Um, Tyler Hero was also – Yeah, that's terrible. Tyler Hero has also struggled a bit um, in his past hey. seven or eight oh, games or yeah. so since coming back from a two-game absence with a non-COVID illness – He actually only scored 12 points last night, 0-3 from three, two rebounds, two assists, six or 15 from the field. He did get bumped in the thigh um, by Kevin Love earlier in that game, and you could see him laboring at, You could see him laboring for every moment after that when he was on the floor. And there were reports after the game that he's dated, being labeled as day-to-day on the injury report with what's being called a thigh contusion. So, again, he struggled and relatively struggled because we're only comparing him to himself – being the best bench scorer in the league, scoring over 20 points a game off the bench for the Miami Heat over the entirety of the season. And even across these seven or so games, he's still averaging um, 17 or just slightly over points a game. You know what I mean? And giving you something in the other categories. So when we say struggling or use the word poor, it's only compared to himself. He's not playing bad. He's just not giving us as much as we need, and especially without our top two guys in the lineup and compared to what he's shown us throughout the rest of the year. So again, take it, take what we're saying the appropriate way. We appreciate everything Tyler's given us and he's still playing good. Still the leading candidate for most improved player, six man of the six man of the year. In my book, it's just that the 17 points isn't the nearly 21 that he was given. 
and probably a little higher than that when you consider the fact that he should have more opportunities to shoot the ball without Bam or Jimmy. So that's the only thing there. But you needed more from those two. Your thoughts? Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to mention something that you alluded to. It was that Tyler Hero is receiving much more defensive attention than mm -hmm. he has ever received. Absolutely. And without Jimmy and Bam, and when was, Duncan's not sh not shooting that way, then that really makes it tough. I was going to allude to that, too, on top of all of that. I mean, because the, the, the other defenses and scouting departments and assistant coaches whose job it is to break down all this tape, they know he's the best big scorer in the league, too. So on top of the fact that you have all of those ancillary auxiliary factors working against him. Duncan Robinson not shooting like he should consistently from a game-to-game -game basis. Bam Adebayo now being out. Jimmy Butler missing time with the tailbone injury. Not only is Tyler Hero going to get more attention because of what he's done on his own and through his own merit and, you know, work and production and, you know, this season going to get that attention. But definitely without those guys and without Duncan doing him, he's going to get extra attention. So you have to include all of that. And as I mentioned, through the seven to eight games, he's still averaging 17 or so points. You just need more from him compared to himself and knowing that you're missing your top two guys. Yeah. Which brings us to our next point on the team. We know how we have been ravaged by injuries to our top two guys and one of our key bench players and with some others, with some sprinkled missed games in here and there for some other guys. Um, I just want to say that we there will be nights like the one in Cleveland where the team just simply looks flat, or they just they can't they just right. And I would just, and get, I would say yeah, make sure you say that right because they didn't look flat. They just did the heat thing, and and you don't hold this one against them because we weren't fully strength. And I say that I mean we're fully stocked or fully loaded or whatever. But you give them a little pass because they also beat Milwaukee. A fully loaded Milwaukee, might I add. They're 11-1 with their big three playing. And that one is a Miami Heat team without Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. Raise your roof. Raise your roof. But I say that to say they didn't they come out. Caleb, they should put Caleb Martin's face. Like 11 and then Caleb Martin's Caleb face. Caleb Martin's face? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant, yeah. JJ. That's fucking amazing. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm just saying like, It wasn't that they were flat as much as they were outlasted. You know what I mean? Like, there were times where the Cavaliers' premier talent, which they had on the floor, could hit shots that the Heat just didn't have the people to hit. And the guys, as we mentioned, with Duncan and Tyler, they weren't able to combat that last night. So, again, I just want to make sure we're framing it the way where they got beat, but they weren't as much flat as much as they were just outlasted by the team with more talent on a night where our best talent couldn't be their best. Yeah. And I also wanted to add that. There will be nights where we just get flat out beat. There you go. There, that's that's a better reframing of Especially the Especially without Jimmy and Bam. I don't know if I can take that so much with Jimmy and Bam. Not in this manner. Not by 11 points, 2 points, 3 points, 4 points where we get flat out beat with Jimmy and Bam. And by a better team. Or if we're having an off night. But agree. Totally agree. When Without those guys and when we're dealing with health entries. Even without Caleb Martin and of course... Now, without the regular guys, Marquise's injury and the depth that that provided being so big for us, just not having a body. Um, yeah, man, there'll be nights where we'll get beat. Just beat. Yeah. There will be nights where, you know, as Heat fans, we will get frustrated. I hate when we lose. I get, re I get, mm -hmm. I get frustrated. As we should. But, We're fans. Uh, on nights like these, you just go like, uh, uh, just shake their hand and get on the yep. plane home. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Because I, there's, there's nothing. There's not much else you can do. 
Unless you I think that's the notion that I hit on when I said that Cleveland was just a good team, man, and a poor matchup for us. You look at their length, and it's crazy. Um, you know, regardless if you're four strength or not, you know you're gonna have to eat a lunch before you play them because they they're they're. Their back line is seven foot. And, you know, like I said, they bring Garland, who just does what he wants with the rock out top. The guy that typically plays the two for them, you look at a guy like Lamar Stevens, I think he went to Kent State, a football school. You look at a guy like Isaac Okoro, who came out of Auburn. Um, those guys are athletes that just live to defend and pester the hell out of you. And then they got three guys that are seven foot. I mean, it, it's just a tough matchup, you know? It's, it's, it's wanky, it's unique. It's physical, but it works for them. Yeah. It's a very unique team, I might add. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that about this about the team up until... Shit, I would even say up until early February that we might see the team at full, full, full strength with Depot, Bam, whoever. I think I think there's a trade to be made. You think there's a trade to be made? Because nope. I think there might be a trade. I don't. I don't think there's a trade to be made. I think you lead this team just as they are because they have max. They have like a maximum chemistry and they're gelling right now, man. And you're getting production from everybody. If you're getting this production from the people that you have on your roster now, and you're winning big games, we can't deny it. They're winning big games without their best two players on the floor. Why in the fuck would you make a trade? I think when we get closer to the deadline, we will. Why? We'll re- we'll why? Re- because. Because we'll know how what this team really is. Right now, we haven't since the regular season started. We don't know what this team is because Depot is not here. Up until if we get to the deadline and you feel like maybe you might be a piece away or there's this piece available that you just cannot resist not taking, then that'll happen. But I'm not saying okay, that. I'm gonna give you. No, I got you. I'm, I'm not got saying you. there'll be a I'm, trade just for the sake definitely. of it. Right, you're saying that if there's a, a moment to to make a move, you'll do that. But let me let me let me say something, bro. You just hit on a couple of points why you don't make a trade on top of what I said. Um you got Depot, he is your trade piece. Like he's coming back. You don't know what you're going to be until after him, but you do know what you've been without him, which is one of the best teams in the league. That's with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and without him and without them. I mean, you don't fuck with that chemistry but you also have to think about the fact that we paid Laurie and then we're gonna have to figure out a way to pay Depot next year so we can't go fucking with the books too much because we're gonna have to figure out a way to pay Depot if he is indeed you know 75-80% or better so I don't well, think you fuck ball, with if, the books if he balls out then he's gonna get more he's gonna get his his 18 he, million or something and and I, I think here's the, here's the kicker though bro I think we'll find a way to meet in the middle he's not in Miami because that's the only choice he had. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, and he, like, how many years have we been hearing that he wants to come here? He wants to right. be here. So that- it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna get worked out. So that's another reason why I don't think you make a trade because you're maintaining some flexibility because you're hoping that he gets to a point where you have to spend a little money on him. You feel me? That's that. It's just that I am anticipating that this trade deadline might have more names than. Oh, I agree. That in previous I, seasons. I agree, but that all that isn't always good for you. You feel what I'm saying? No, I know. He cultures he, he cultures about hard work, man. So you work hard with what you got and let all these other people finagle and scramble around you because I think we have a good team. I think that's my point overall 
above all else. We have a good team, and if we just don't fuck with it, get them whole and healthy, and let them continue to jail, it's going to be tough to beat us in a seven-game series. The only thing that I will say that I don't know if people might agree with me, but I feel I feel this way. In a grueling playoff series with everybody healthy, I think we might be a bit too guard heavy and we might need another forward. I disagree. You disagree? Yep. Because if it goes all the plan and by the way we got to preview the week but let's let's keep it here if it all goes to plan and Oladipo comes back then you roll out a starting lineup of Lowry Oladipo Butler Tucker and Bam or you roll out a, a lineup of Lowry Robinson like excuse me Lowry Oladipo Robinson Butler and Bam so that would leave and in the first scenario that would leave no, you I don't put, think, I'm, I'm Connie. Depot's Depot's never going to be a starter. Because hmm. him and Tyler, him and Tyler. So what Max Struess is for Tyler? Because this is what people don't realize. Max Struess allows Tyler to be a lot more than he is. And again, Max Struess is inconsistent as fuck. So the thing about it though is, you know that if Struess Newcomb is on the floor, he could go for fucking twelve points on you in the blink of an eye. So you have to pay attention to him, and that gives Tyler just a blink of an eye enough to abuse his man one on one or abuse the coming double team because you can't bring the third guy to help the double team lock in. Well, think about it. Now you got Struess Newcomb on one side and you got Oladipo on the other side. You can't double team nobody because if you decide to double team somebody off top, then the guy at the bottom who's going to be your, who's going to be Deadman, who's going to be KZ, who's going to be Marquis who's going to be Caleb running that fucking baseline ready to dunk on your head. I mean, it's going to be somebody right there for a wide open layup. Um, I think you play him with the second unit. And you know how Duncan doesn't always close games? No, yeah. I mean, it, that's, it all depends on how he's doing because sometimes right. he'll just stay in, think, the, in the bench. Unless it's, a, unless it's a moment where we absolutely need his three-point shooting, and that's only if he's back to hitting every game like he is. As we mentioned, he's trying to get back. It looks like he's trying to shake back. But if he's back to being the Duncan that we know he can be and that he should be and that I have faith that he's going to be by that time, then it's going to be a tougher decision. But if the matchup calls for defense, those will be the moments where Oladipo is playing, you know, with that starting group. But just like Tyler getting a heavy load, starters level minutes almost, I think the same will happen for Depot. That the guy that's going to be most impacted by this, I fear, um, would be Caleb and Gabe. And this is why this is important. And I haven't, and I've been not afraid as much as delicate to note this um, because I wanted to get an update on his health, and it looked like he's progressing as far as Depot goes. If you look at the way oh, they're yeah. playing, he's traveling the, now with the team. Exactly, I saw that report. If you look at the way they're playing Caleb Martin, they're playing him front heavy. They're not expecting to have to play him a ton on the back end of the season because that's where Depot is going to step in. Yeah, and that's going to suck for Caleb, but hopefully it he is. shows enough. It Hopefully is, he shows enough to get a standard contract. You're still going to have... He's probably not going to be. He's probably not going to be back in the season. So games. Um, I, I can't say that. It depends on the money out there. I think we'll try to bring him back. I, honestly, um, you know, if it means letting go of K, I mean, Gabe, if it means letting go of KZ, I think we definitely do that to bring Kayla back, and I'm not mad at either of those. Oh, no. I wouldn't be mad either. So, right. let's, preview the, let's preview the week. We got really ahead of ourselves here. I mean, so look, no, I don't think we, look, man, you, 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 
you treat us like we're the CNN nightly news. We don't have that much of. I mean, we have structure that we want to maintain, but we're not getting ahead of ourselves and we're talking heat ball. Get, well, just, just, just carry on, JJ. Just carry on. I, I heard that CNN has an opening. They do, and I was calling up there the other day. But then I looked at why they got rid of Cuomo, and I was like, Mm-mm, not in my history. They checked my past, and I wouldn't even get an interview. But anyway. Oh. Okay, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> Philly on Wednesday. Yeah, Wells man, Fargo we'll, Center in we'll Philly, actually, Philadelphia. I mean, just because we're going to close here with Philly real quick, because we'll actually be back to you Friday night after Heat Magic, um, providing that JJ doesn't have a game to attend to, so I'm just going to cross my fingers and say that we'll be back Friday after the Magic. At worst, we'll be back Saturday afternoon, but hopefully – um, Friday after we disperse of our interstate rivals. Um, and they're only a rival because, you know, they're in Florida because they're suck. They're trash this year. They suck. But I digress. Back to the Philly 76ers on Wednesday. Suck for most of their time. Hey, look, man. Chill out. <laughs> they, are, they are in-state brothers. Don't be so mean. I mean, they only drafted two of the greatest centers in the last 30-something years. And true, true. They have nothing to show for it. True, now true. that's incredibly reductive, I know. That's lowest common denominator talk. And Penny Hardaway. But it's still true. And Penny Hardaway. So I mean, yeah. I just can't, I just can't give them a pass for not getting something out of the Penny Hardaway Shaq combination. I just can't give them a pass. I won't give them a pass for eliminating LeBron in '09. No, mm, that's fair too. I mean, but then I mean, that takes you down another rabbit <laughs> hole that we're not going to go down. How in the fuck is Dwight Howard not on the top 75 team, man? I don't get it. Oh, yeah. We had our little, um, the night that the 75 team was released, Dwight Howard not being there and Damian Lillard being there. That, that, that kind of. How, Sway? I don't know. Anyway, maybe they just anyway. don't like him. It's maybe the Dwight that, that, hate is no, real in no, NBA oh, circles. No, it, you maybe no. That's totally what it is, man. It's just a bias against Dwight. You hate him personally, and, and then and you listen, include I, the bias against big man in recent years. To your point about the All Star game only having front court players and no center, the game is just biased towards the center. But also, like I said, that personal stuff where people just don't fuck with Dwight. All of that played into it. But go ahead. No, and I don't know Dwight. I don't know if he's a. Uh, from all accounts that I've read, the guy was kind of a nut a nutcase in right. his early days. You so, get goofy, you get goofy child entitled from him early in his days. He was seven foot, logged in life, came right out of high school, young dude, a lot of money. Um, you know, just what you expect. I'm you know, I'm Dwight Howard. You do what I say do. I mean you can you can see that and goofy and not as serious as you would like on the other time. You can definitely see that um from a perspective going up, but um, you know, I think you know, the guy's grown up a lot and learned some things. He still has a little antics in him and with him, but um, that doesn't, you know, speak to him as a basketball player. Now he still should have been on that team. But speaking of centers, man, let's move. Let's, let's go back to Philly on Wednesday for us. What are you thinking? Let, yeah, we can send UD over to his house. But... <laughs> okay. <Damn, bro. laughs> Wednesday, Philadelphia 76ers. So, hmm. This this game looks interesting because it, no Jimmy and we all know that Jimmy there's always the Philly Jimmy connection although right. he played like half a season there. But, now we but, say no Jimmy, but I even told you pre pod it wouldn't shock me if Jimmy came back Wednesday. I'm not saying he is, but I think he'll either be back Wednesday um, or the game following it, which is Friday 
um, against Orlando because though neither uh, I think Jimmy Markeith or Caleb traveled with the team prior to them leaving for Cleveland, that doesn't mean that they can't play on this road trip. Just and he's coming up. Minutes. He's coming up on another week that he's missed, right? Right. And that's about how long he missed between trying to come back from the first tailbone injury in Chicago to the Memphis game where he fell on it again. And um, I'll say though, against Memphis, he still didn't look like a hundred percent. But he, no, he's he Jimmy Hill. He didn't. He's, he's Jimmy, Jimmy Hill's probably give it a go. Absolutely. So, by the way, the 76ers were the latest team to suffer the wrath of the John Morant-less Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know what the hell is going on. God has gotten into them. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. They Remember when we slandered them when they had the worst defense in the NBA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever since John Morant went down, they have the best defense in the NBA and are, and are demolishing teams, us included. I, I'm sorry. I got – okay, I got a question. So if John Morant comes back and they start losing, what 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 do the people say? Well, people are going to be irrational as they usually are and start saying, "Oh, maybe John Morant it's a problem." Blah, blah, blah. And no, Play, it, it goes back to playing styles, man. You have to play a different. All thirty teams, all thirty teams will have John Morant as their starting point guard. Well, oh, absolutely. Um, I, I would say twenty nine teams. Absolutely. The Warriors would the Warriors would have Steph Curry over him, but. No, I mean, you still bring John Morant in and both of them are your starting point guards. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. It's super, yeah, yeah, well, let's keep it that. All 30 teams would love to All 30 teams would take John Morant right now. Exactly. Um, but what I'm saying is it might encourage Memphis to, you know, um, not necessarily completely change or switch up, but to add a little bit or to mutate their playing style a little bit because obviously what's happening now is a more inclusive playing style is getting the best out of everybody, whereas their style prior to only regularly got the best out of Job ja Morant. Because even if you look at JJJ, um, he's playing ball a way that I didn't think he could because he hadn't shown it to us, and this is what we asked for. Well, he still take too many three-pointers for me. However, he showed you some things closer to the rim now without Ja that, you know, we've been wanting to see. I saw a so, play the other night in which he just went into Anthony, Anthony Davis. Yeah, he yeah, just went into yeah. Anthony Davis's chest. And listen, Anthony Davis did not even put a hand up. He just went into his chest and he just let him go. <laughs> Which yeah. again speaks to speaks to just the Lakers season. Absolutely. But we're Absolutely. not we're not gonna talk about them. Oh we oh but we could. We could. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um okay. second thing, man. No, 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 second thing. I'm sorry. Remember I told you it was two parts. Since we talked John Morant, we gotta mention this. The Zion, the Zion uh Ooh, epic, yeah, it, let's let's getting, touch on that really bad. quickly. Yeah, before we close with the seventy six. It's getting bad in New Orleans, man. It's panic time in New Orleans, I fear. Yeah, bro. I and mean, I'm usually I no. I usually try to be nuanced, and I usually try to be, you know, try to look at things in a more rational manner. But it's, it's panic time in New Orleans. This this man has played 84 games in three seasons, and he was the supposed top overall. He was the top overall pick, and he was the supposed franchise savior. Yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 a rough situation, bro. And listen, what he showed last season, sublime, of course, incredible. And yet, availability is the best ability. Absolutely. Uh, a thousand times out of a thousand. So, a thousand times out of a thousand. I mean, you look at his situation and it, and it reminds you of the next guy we're getting ready to talk about. Um, and you just hope that it would Joel and B. I thought you were going to say another guy who had. 
a similar stat to him in his first three seasons. Played 85 games in the first three seasons. You know who that guy is. And I, I hope I, you know, I'm I'm a Heat fan, but I'm we have said it multiple times. We're Renaissance men. We love the NBA as well, and the NBA is really fun. Zion is a really fun guy to watch play. And yet, this all feels very reminiscent of a uh, Greg Oden. I was about to say Greg Oden. Yeah. And it was only and eighty. I, and it was only eighty-two games. Eighty-two games. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, only eighty-two games, and across uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven NBA seasons, four of those which he did not play because of injury. So three actual seasons played, the guy only played in a uh, hundred and five games. Wow, that's crazy! Barely over an NBA season. Yeah, that's that's tough. I, I hope mean, that Zion gets right. As we mentioned about Joel Embiid at previous times before, if he was a guy that you could count on to play 72, 75 out of 82 games, he's a top five player. But because you can only count on him to play 50, 55, 60 games max, he's he's just outside of that top five, top 10, 12-ish. Um, but that's what you don't hope for Zion. But he, speaking of Joel Embiid and not playing, he didn't play in Memphis or against Memphis in their last game, which is worth noting. So you imagine that when we go to see them Wednesday, um, they'll be well-rested and ready to play against us. Was now, it an injury or was it just a... Day-to-day. I noticed a, that they said he was feeling tired in the game before. Um, but if you look at the injury report now, getting to it here, sorry, bear with me for a second. Yeah, it's just listing him as day to day, and it doesn't have a comment beside it. Um, you know, that was just probably like, rest. Right, exactly, and that's why I said they just list him as being physically tired. So they probably figure, you know, get him rest against Memphis, and you know, play against us because um, that's just you know our luck. Um, Speaking look, man, of, you know, very quickly. Speaking of uh, why, you know, it has been like kind of a topic of discussion for young. Well, Joel Embiid is not re- doesn't qualify as that young NBA star anymore. But Luca is also a guy that's been struggling with his conditioning. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the, the Tim McMahon report. Which what was the reported weight at training camp? My guy was fat. My guy was fat. Two sixty. Two sixty. Yep. Holy shit. I, I mean, I know the guy. I think, I think it was. I think it was two sixty. I know and the guy said, is six seven. Said, you know? Yeah, he said I had too much fun during the off season. Huka Doncic. Huka Doncic. <laughs> yeah, but why is this such a recurring theme? With because well, Luca, come, man, we've that's come, the thing. We've come. He's, it's the Euro- and I want to say it's the European thing, man. But all Europeans are not like that. But you look at him and I mean, Jokic, Dirk was always in. Dirk was always in. As I remember, he was always in tip top condition. Right. Well, I wouldn't say that he wasn't in tip top condition, but he wasn't as fat well, as these dudes. Well, let's not call it tip top condition because that's that's true. That's a phrase that should be reserved to like a LeBron or right. a Kobe or Ja or, or Ja or Ja Morant because Ja like is in tip top condition. Like guys that come in a training camp like and you could plug them into the regular season right, right. away right 
I mean, and I and and I mean, I use the guy like Ja because you know a guy that he's always on pin. Like everything that Ja does requires explosives. You know what I'm saying? So like but, a guy like always has to be in shape. But a guy, guys like Zion, Luca, Embiid, Embiid and Luca in particular, because Zion unfortunately he hasn't played that much. But we have seen those two like just flat out gassed by the end of the of the game of important games. I would say Zion too, man, because you know once he gets to that point where he's waddling more than he's actually waddle running, um, you know he's gassed. And that's really weird because we come from a we you know we grew up with a generation of stars that were like getting fatigue. Getting fatigue was not like in their in their. It was a. It was in it their was vocabulary. A, and we're gonna be gentle with here because we're not trying to disrespect them on slice generation you participation trophy ass anyway i, I, I and I, listen I, but i'm gonna calm down i'm gonna I calm mean, down we're we're of course we're not professional athletes we're we're in worse shape than they are but that goes to the point Speak they're professional yourself, athletes there's they're professional athletes <laughs> so yeah their their condition their conditioning is part of the value that they bring to the game yeah I mean, it's just crazy, man, because Luca's never really been in shape. I don't think he's ever been as fat as he is now because he's physically fat now. And you can see it in his face. He's so thick in the face. He needs to go see Jokic's trainer. That was the point I was getting to by mentioning Jokic. Whoever helped Jokic lose all their weight, he needs to recommend them to um, Luca and fast. Look, man, we up on an hour 12 here. Let's not go get him to Miami. Hour let, get him, yeah. Let him get, get him, sh- oh. let him get shredded over here and he'll oh, yeah. win five straight <laughs> MVPs. And, and two championships minimally along the way. Give me your pick, man. Wednesday, Heat, 76ers. Give me your pick. Heat, by the slightest of margins. I think the shooting will be back. I agree with you, man. Um, However, if we get beat, I'll just tip my cap. Um, unless it's in a, like a, an excruciating way. Right. Like unless we shoot ourselves in the foot. But if we end up losing by 9 or 10, I'm like, you know, you know tip your cap at them. Just... Live to fight another day and take the games against the Magic, Orlando Magic of the world. Absolutely. Because we're not fully healthy. But if we, you know, I, I would like to see us get Jimmy back more soon than later. Um, don't know if he's going to come back Wednesday, but it wouldn't shock me if he did. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we have a chance. I think I'm, I'm going to still take the heat because, like I said, we've shown to be a pretty good team even without our guys. Kyle Laurie is definitely showing you what $30 million a year is supposed to get you. And PJ Tucker's playing like Little Bam out of Bayo. So, um, yeah, man. I, I love it. Um, I, I think this is a good place to wrap it up, man. We'll be back to the guys Friday, or to the people Friday or Saturday. But for here, go Heat. Beat the 76ers. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for listening to this episode. And, you know, should we? You know, I, I always leave this for the end, but we should start doing this at the beginning. Thank you for listening to this episode and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave a short review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That would really help the show grow. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305CulturePod. And where can they follow you on social media, JJ? They can follow me at on Twitter at JJ Rivera NBA. That's at JJRIVS and Victor ERA NBA. And on Instagram, you can find me at JRivera98. That's at J-A-I-R-O. R-I-V as in Victor, once again, E-R-A-98. And where can they follow you, my friend? 
On Twitter, you can find me at K said K. That's K underscore said underscore K. That's K underscore S A I D underscore Q U E. Again, K said K on Twitter. On Instagram, you can find me at I M K Serious. That's I A M K C I R R U S. Again, I M K Serious on Instagram. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you, and we'll see you on Friday. Yeah, see you on Friday, y'all. So take care.